You're about to embark on a journey through the written word of God on subjects that deal with today. This is Brothers Just Searching. How you doing everyone and welcome to Brothers Just Searching where we study the word of God and talk about current world events to educate and to edify the believer of Jesus Christ. I'm Isaac Hayes along with Bowen Roban and Anthony Hayes as always and special guest tonight. Senior pastor at New Beginning Fellowship Church, and I can ask you, I can call you the principal of New Beginning Christian Academy, Whatever brother Brandon Trot, uh, Pastor B. Welcome back to the podcast. Good to be with y'all. Amen. Always. Having having a good time already is just great. You yes, know, just the spirit of laughter's in here. <laughs> the spirit of laughter's in here is great. So. Bowen and Anthony, how y'all doing this weekend? Doing great. Doing pretty great. good. Pretty good. Doing good. good, doing good. Boogie, y'all got some things going on, man. What's uh, what's uh, all happening, man? This uh, yeah. doing little teachings here and there on Sunday mornings. Well, not this Sunday, but next, I'll be doing another teaching. I'm probably on Esther, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty excited about that and uh, trying to get my book out there. So still be praying hey, for yeah, me. God open doors. So what's going on, Bowen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing but it work, working normal life. Hey, well, you had a good you had a good testimony earlier. You got a chance to share Jesus with somebody at that yeah, work. Yeah, at the store, yeah, a little colored guy, you know. Uh, I helped him out with gas and gave him a little money. Um, but something happened that Pastor Brandon would probably shock you. Uh, come to find out he had stole the wallet out of the store. Wow. And it wow. fell out of his pocket by his truck. And when he looked back and saw the wallet on the, on the ground, he kind of, Freaked out. Picked up the wallet, gave me the wallet, reached in his pocket, wanted to give me the money I'd given him. Said, I don't want that. I'm not worried about the wallet and the money. I said, I'm here to talk to you about Jesus. And you know, Pastor Brown, I could have called the cops, but that wasn't in my heart. That's not what it was about. It was about Christ. It was about Jesus. Amen. And I got a chance to share, share the Lord with him. Amen. 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 That's Amen. good. That's Pastor, wonderful. Pastor B, how's everything going at the church Amen. besides what we're seeing? I know we have a youth event yeah. coming up yeah. in September 18. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for that. I'm excited for that. That's going to be awesome. You're, yeah. you, you, yeah. I, I know you got 500 messages in your head, but yeah. do you have anything planned yeah. to talk about that yet? Or what? You uh, still praying? Uh, plans for what's, what's going on. For the youth event. Right. Not yet. Not yet. Not I don't yet. have anything specific in my heart. Uh a lot of things to pray about. A lot of things that our youth need to hear. Right. So praying for that. Just he said, you know, uh, a testimony, um, something that happened to me uh, Saturday night. Uh, I was uh, leaving the coffee shop eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. The coffee shop closed. That's where I usually study for my messages on Sunday. And uh, as I was getting into the car, I noticed the guy next to me in a construction van, and uh, I saw him doing something. And the posture and the way he was behaving looked very familiar to me from before I was saved. And uh, some things I did and some things I saw other people doing. And so I paid attention for another minute and looked down and noticed the man was rolling a joint. Oh, wow. And uh, just finished it. And you could tell he was getting ready to smoke that and going to drive somewhere. He had just gotten the truck. He was about to leave. And my first thought was, you know, like you said, Call the police yeah, and get yeah, his license plate yeah, number yeah. and say, hey, there's a guy over here that's uh, about to smoke a joint and go driving down the road and might kill somebody. And, uh, man, the, the Spirit of the Lord just began to provoke my heart. And I just thought, you know what? We're just in a generation where we just don't feel like we can talk to people anymore. Right. And so mm-hmm. I said, man, let me, let me try to change that, man. And so I just I waited until mm-hmm. he was paying attention. I motioned to him, rolled down my window, and he looked at me very confused, didn't know what was going on. And I said, uh, I said, how you doing tonight, man? He said, I'm okay. And I said, you mind doing a favor for me, man? And he said, what's, what's that? 
I said, if you're going to smoke that, would you mind waiting until you get home? Right? Not that I want him to do it, yeah. but I ain't going to just roll down one and say, hey, you don't need to do that anymore. Take it out of his mind and throw it on the if, ground. If, uh, if you're going to do that, would you mind waiting until you get home? And he kind of looked confused, and I said, listen, bro, I got a wife and children at home, and the thought of them driving down the road somewhere and some guy smoking pot, getting high, not paying attention, getting sleepy, mm-hmm. veering off and hitting them and kill them, breaks my heart, man. It makes me afraid, bro. And I, I just think maybe it would, it would be a wiser decision if you wouldn't do that. And he hung his head, bro. He was super convicted. You could tell his heart was like, cool. oh, man. I'm wow. like, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm, and I've been in that mindset where you're thinking – What's wrong about it is that it's against the law and you don't want to get caught. And you're right. not thinking, I'm putting somebody's life in danger. Right. right. And I got saved. And then I'm thinking, it wasn't just that it was morally wrong, which it was. It's not just that it was against the law. But but I could have killed someone yeah. driving high or drunk. And so that was just an inroad, man. He, he looked broken and realized, like, man, you're right, bro. I'm sorry. I won't do that. And I said, listen, bro, I appreciate that. And I just looked at him. I had compassion on him. I said, man, you look real tired, bro. You okay? And he said, man, I'm, I'm working in Lake Charles with all of this destruction that's going on, 14, 15, 16 hours a day, then driving there and driving back. It's a long drive, and I'm worn out, man. I'm tired. And I said, listen, bro, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I know that's a lot on you. Can I pray for you? And I said, I'm a pastor in Brobridge, and I just want to pray for you. And the look on his face was like, man, this dude just told me not to smoke a joint. Now he's going to ask to pray for me. <laughs> and it was like, and he, did, he was like, I have no idea what's going on right now. Oh. And, uh, and so I just prayed for him. And uh, for all y'all that uh, you realize you may not be very comfortable sharing the gospel yet, you can pray the gospel. Right. Because when yeah. I know somebody don't know the Lord, if I'm going to pray for him, I'm going to pray for whatever's going on in their life. And then I'm going to pray about repentance of sin. Yeah, and I'm going right. to pray against bondage. Yeah, I'm going to pray exactly. for Jesus Christ and him crucified to be revealed to them, for them to see the gospel and the grace of God and the love of the Lord. <laughs> and I uh, just prayed for him. And uh, and I said, listen, I, I got to go. I could tell he was really tired. He needed to go home. But I got to pray for him rather than call the police on him. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. you know, if I did that, he would just have uh, a consequence for doing that. Maybe go to jail. Maybe not. But then we'll probably try and do it again. But I got to speak to a man-to-man right. and just mm-hmm. say, bro, there, there's, it's not wise to do that anyway. But if you're going to do that, don't hurt other people. Don't risk right. other people's right. lives. Right. And just spoke to him like a human being. Yeah. And, uh, and then got to share the gospel with him, man. So I just, that's, a, that's mm. a powerful testimony, bro. And I hadn't gotten yeah. to share that with anybody. So that wow. was a, an encouraging but moment. You know, you know, Pastor Brandon, a lot of, you know, the world, the world today people would call the cops on situations like that right us us as christians us as people that live for the lord live for christ we can be that light you know Mm -hmm. we can be a light unto Mm -hmm. them we can show them there is love in god and god does forgive and that's what i wanted Mm -hmm. to do with that god i wanted to show him that god forgives you man god Mm -hmm. god will forgive you and and that was on my heart you know Mm -hmm. and i wanted to share jesus so bad with him amen because i saw Mm -hmm. and he was crying he Mm -hmm. was just (laughs) he was bawling because of what i had done for him Mm -hmm. and he said man you're a good man i said it's not me i said Mm -hmm. it's a god that lives in me that's amen bro hey and and and, bro Mm -hmm. you should have saw it dude that dude hugged me about 10 times before he got (laughs) in his truck and left and look your bocho stores both your stories remind me of something, reading a book a while back, and it was talking about there's so much hate in this world right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So much hate, but when we ha- we, we as believers have that, uh, that, op- that, uh, that opportunity that opportunity to witness and to show witness, love. Show the love. 
that's what changes people. You know, what we, we don't, we're not all about love, love, love. But at the same time, you have to show the love of Christ. That's right. Amen. That's right. Because, Amen. look, Christ didn't go to the religious leaders. They hated no. him. He went to the lost he went people, to the law. and yeah. he showed them love. Look, Zacchaeus, he told Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to get, eat at your house. Yeah. And from yeah. what Jesus did right there, it brought Zacchaeus to salvation. Right. So, Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. So, great. Man, that's two a great, great way to start this. Great all right. Testimonies. Great start. I mean, Amen. That's good. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, before we start on our topic, which would be, um, we're going to do something a little different tonight. Podcast audience, we're going to go ahead and take once a month and pick a book and study this, not verse by verse, but like a broad mm-hmm. uh, teaching on a book in the Bible and their right, chapters. Right. We, me and uh, Bowen, we was talking the other day and I, I remember Bowen a while back, I said, I want to do one on Romans and you like, yes. And um, getting ready for it and starting to figure out, I, I went and talked to Pastor Brandon and you lit up right away when I asked <laughs> yep. you. Yep. And uh, so once a month, we're going to go ahead and try to get um, the book of Romans, we're going to go chapter by chapter, not verse by verse. It will take way too long. We're only doing it once a month. And we're going to call this Bible study, basically. Yeah, basically. And uh, we're hoping Pastor Brandon could come every month. If not, we'll, we'll try to do it, you know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Pastor Brandon, you're a real good teacher, and we love you coming yeah, and help man. us out with this, you know. Yeah. Praise God. And uh, so that's what we're going to do is call Bible study. We're going to be starting the uh, Romans, we're going to be looking at an overview and the history of the book of Romans, when it was written, who it was written by, and just talking a few things like that from the book of Romans. But before we start, I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to a few people that help us out. One is New Beginning Fellowship mm-hmm. in Broadbridge, Louisiana, um, our home church. As we said, Pastor Brandon is there. He's our pastor, and we greatly appreciate him and what he does there. Uh, church is at 519 Parkway Drive in Bridge. If you're in the surrounding areas, please come check us out. Shake Pastor Brandon's hand. Come uh, say hey to us. And we're going to you know, show you love and show you compassion. And Amen. if you don't have a home church, come out. Amen. If you're not in Louisiana, you want to hear our services, go check out the new podcast, New Beginning Fellowship Church BB. Make sure you put the BB in there because there's a lot of new beginnings out there. Yep. So you go ahead and check them out. Also, our Associate Pastors podcast, Defender of the Faith. Brother, Brother Daniel talks about current world events. If the Lord puts a message on his heart, go check him out. Go subscribe to those podcasts. Also, Hazel's Dumb Truck Service and Coda Homesville Gospel Church. Uh, my dad is the pastor and owner of that church in business. Uh, they have this podcast would not be available without them. So they, they help us out. They give us coffee. They give us <laughs> the supplies for the coffee. They give us a roof to, to do this. So if you want to call my dad, it's uh, 337-852-8049 for all your gravel, sand. And if you have any questions about the church he's pastoring, go ahead and check it out. And that's all in the Bro Bridge, St. Martinville, Louisiana, Louisiana area. Um, also, we had a, a young guy over here a while back, Jordan Taylor, great guy. He's a um, teammate of mine. He has a sports show under the lights. Go check him out. I'm going to help him out Thursday nights and He's gonna. Uh, he wants me to help him out do his live feeds and stuff like that. So keep me in prayer that I can share witnessing, and just have a good time with him, bond a friendship with him. Uh, we talked sports the other night over here. It was a great conversation about Christian athletes and their impact. A great podcast. Go check them out under the lights. Also, Leah and Andrew Wilkes from Baton Rouge First New Testament. They have their podcast, Theology on Fire. Learned a lot with them. Yeah. Great podcast, and uh, there's. Two people that I love greatly. They they just Amen. they they have a heart for the gospel, and keep them in prayers. Go subscribe to their podcast. Also on ours, if you have not yet hit subscribe, follow. Go check us out on Facebook, brothers. Just searching at Facebook. So guys, like I said, me and 
Bowen and Boogie, we, we decided to go ahead and dive into the book of Romans. Um, first off, Romans is probably one of the greatest books mm. in the Bible. Um, mm. The quote Brother Swagger, Brother Swagger said, it, it's, it's ironic how the Holy Spirit led that to be the second book after the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Brandon, since you got a lot of knowledge onto the history and everything of the book of Romans, I know you've done a few studies on mm-hmm. it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book of Romans and why Paul wrote it, what's the themes, and how yeah. how did the book of Romans come about? Amen. Uh, well, the book of Romans really is uh, understood by most scholars to be the most uh, important book in the New Testament mm. for developing the theology of what is the gospel, right? So Jesus came proclaiming the gospel that's recorded for us uh, in what we call the gospel narratives, the gospels. Uh, But the practical outworking between theology and life, how does that work? A lot of what Jesus said uh, was, was so what we call pregnant with truth. In other words, there was so much that he would say in one short sentence that you could spend a really long time uh, investigating what that means and understanding what that means. And so uh, Jesus would say things that would tell you that, that he's the bread of life and that if you receive him and you partake of that bread of life, then you'll live. But, but what does that mean? How does right. that work in practical life uh, marrying together theology and that truth of who Jesus is and what he's done and how that works in my life. And that's really uh, the emphasis of the book of, uh, the book of Romans is that it follows Paul's uh, consistent method uh, of first teaching doctrine and then teaching practical application of that doctrine. Now, there's, 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 that's not a hard division, right? There's, there's practical application in the doctrinal heavy areas, and there's doctrine in the uh, practically heavy areas. Uh, but the book of Romans starts with, what is the gospel? And he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, that it is the gospel of God. It is the good news of God. It is God's good news announcement to the world about what he has done to reconcile a lost, sinful, cursed, hell-bound world to himself and to redeem them from the curse of sin and to bring them to a new creation. And so all throughout Romans, you have the heavy doctrinal influence of what the gospel is, Romans uh, chapter 1 Uh, through chapter 8, you have uh, the dealing with the church of, uh, with the people of Israel and the Jews and the Gentiles and this apparent transition where uh, all throughout the Old Testament history of the people of Israel, they are the people of God. And the Gentiles are people that they're supposed to be a light to and a witness to, but they're they're external and they're outside of God's plan. That that they're trying to be that the Jews are trying to reach them, but they are not yet reached, and they are having a better job. They are doing a better job of influencing the Jews to be unfaithful to God than the Jews are being a faithful witness to those outside. And so, uh, nine, ten, and eleven deal with uh, this issue of of what the Jews consider to be uh, God failing his promise because all of a sudden there are more 
Gentile believers in this Jewish Messiah than there are Jewish believers in this Gentile Messiah or in this uh, Jewish Messiah. And, and they're wrestling with this. And Paul has to ask, has God failed? Has the word of God failed? Is God unfaithful to, to allow this to happen? And so he, he portrays the, the righteousness of God uh, being sovereign over all the affairs of man, that God can do what he wills, what he wishes, that he is free uh, to be able to do whatever he wants with his people, with those who are not his people. Uh, and the end of that passage says that, uh, so that he might have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. Uh, and then there's the practical application chapter 12 through 16. And, and of course, there's mixture of greetings and final words to people in that. But you have Romans 1 through 8, and we can talk about that more in detail as right. we, we go through a more detailed outline. But 1 through 8 is the uh, more heavily doctrinal gospel portion, 9, 10, and 11, dealing with Israel and Gentiles, and the warning against unbelief, and then you have the practical outworking of the gospel in a changed life, in living the gospel, right? If Romans uh, 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 are true, then how ought I to be living, right? right. I can't just stay forever in those doctrinal passages and go, this is truth, this is truth, this is truth, and never let my life look like that truth. Right. And not be impacted yeah, by that truth. Right. And say, I've got the truth of these passages right. and never be changed. Yeah. I have to marry them together. And I also can't go, I don't need that doctrinal stuff. Let me skip over to the what some would call real meat and get to the how you're supposed to live. The, the doctrinal portion is the, or, or the practical portion is the what to do. The doctrinal portion is the how to do. The what to do, right? Yeah. That's the phrase yeah. that I remember hearing over and over from Pastor Lauren Larson and his teaching was that the the gospel is the how to do the what to do. It's the the way that God expects me to believe in Jesus Christ, to have the promises of God and what to expect God to do in my life so that I can be transformed by that so that I am therefore able to do the things that God commands me to do. And so the book of Romans is the most important theological work in the New Testament for understanding the gospel. One of, and I think you have some information as well about this, but uh, one quote that I found on William Tyndale's estimation of Paul's letter to the Romans is stated in this way. He says that it is the principal and most excellent part of the New Testament, and that it is a light and a way in unto the whole scripture. And so this idea that it is the most excellent part of the New Testament, but it's not just related only to the New Testament. He says it is a light and a way in unto the whole scripture, that if I understand Romans, that I can understand so much more of the scripture because so much of even the Old Testament was leading tr to truths found uh, in the New Testament and in the book of Romans. And he goes on to say, No man verily can read it too often or study it too well. For the more it is studied, the easier it is. The more it is chewed, the pleasanter it is. And the more deeply it is searched, the pressure things are found in it. So great treasure of spiritual things lieth hid therein. 
And so the point is, you can chew on this letter over and right. over and over again. One of the commentaries that I'm looking at on this was done by, I think it's F.F. Bruce. And he wrote a commentary for the Tyndale New Testament commentary series on the book of Romans. And then 20 years later, rewrote the entire commentary. Wow. Right. So this is a man who has spent decades studying the scriptures and a, an extremely long amount of time studying just the book of Romans, wrote it, edited it, make sure it was very precise, accurate, scholarly, and helpful, and then was able to go back with fresh eyes and go, there's more. And there's so much more that it's worth looking at it again. And so what this speaks to me is that I need to humble myself before the word of the Lord. Because when I got out of Bible college and I'm thinking, man, I I sat through a class where Pastor Lauren Larson taught us this. And I get it and I understand it and I'm ready to teach the book. And I taught certain portions of it several times. And then I remember getting to portions I was less familiar with. And all of a sudden it it was time for a humility check. And I realized, man, I don't think I don't think I know what I think I know. I think I need to humble myself. I think I need to uh, go to Scripture with a more open mind. And, and not that anything that I found has contradicted what I was taught, but that my perception of what I received was so shallow, right? Yeah. It, it was so uh, so low, so small, uh, and I really needed to humble myself before this book. And the more you study it, the more that you will find there are very large portions over which many godly, sincere people argue over certain ideas. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it is no doubt a mine full of jewels and diamonds and precious stones and rubies and gold and silver. Uh, but you dig, that, you dig that mine with a shovel of humility, right? right. And realizing uh, I'm nothing, I'm small, and this has been described by many scholars as the greatness of the mind of God revealed in Scripture concerning redemption. And then I'm going to go to it and be like, I think I got it figured out. Uh-huh. Right? Wrong. So, And look, look, like me, look, I started reading it again. Yeah. You know, I read it a while back, and I, I, got, a, uh, I got a few Bible apps, and I'm, I'm reading from the ESV just to get a little more clarification on it. King James, good Bible. There's some words you like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And today I read from chapter 4 to about chapter 8. I was just listening to it while driving and all. And I, you, hear, you hear Romans 4, 5, 6, and 7 all the time. But I was just driving and listening to it, and the Lord spoke to me a number of times. And I'm like, wow, I read that so many times, and Amen. I never saw that before. Amen. But And there's a, a friend of mine, he said that he knew a pastor. He said, look, I've been pastoring for 15, 20 years and been teaching out the book of Romans, and I just can't get out of it. Amen. And look, 15 years in the ministry and yeah. still stuck on the book of Romans, there's, there's, that is, the book of Romans is really the ABC to Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear that term, and it's just, you're going down that Roman road. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people, if you read the book of Romans, like you said, you can read it 500 times. Nine out of 10, you're going to go back to it, and you're going to find a whole new piece of meat that you thought you had, and you forgot about it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and the the need to let it say to you whatever it wants to say, right? Right to come to it uh, empty-handed, right? Not coming saying it, it must say this or it must say that. That's why, uh, I, like I said, I've taught through certain portions of it several times. Um, I think that I've gone done broad overviews in some men's Bible studies that we did, uh, teaching certain portions. Um, 
but I've wanted to teach it, teach through the book of Romans on a Sunday morning uh, for a long time. And every time I come to this book and start studying it, I go, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And it it reminded me of a pastor uh, that I listened to who is an incredible teacher of the Word of God. And uh, he has a series teaching through the book of Romans. And what he said about it was he was in the ministry over 30 years and kept coming back to the book of Romans to look at it. And this is the way he worded it. And since then, I've thought, that's exactly how I feel. He said, I come to the book of Romans like this glorious, majestic mountain of God. And I look at it, and I walk all over it, and I say, I'm not ready, I'm not ready to climb that mountain yet. Wow. Like, not that I'm not ready to study it for myself, but I'm not ready to teach it and be, okay, this is my teaching through the book of Romans on this letter, because it, it encompasses so much of Scripture uh, that uh, it, it's so mature. It's one of the the later books of Paul's writing in the New Testament concerning the theology of the gospel and the grace of God and the New Covenant uh, that really, if until you understand so much about the Old Testament and the law and the prophets uh, and you get to a lot of these areas uh, and understand them and then broader views of the New Testament you're not really ready to deal with all of those nuanced ideas. So not to say like we can't do what we're doing here today, yeah. but just realizing there is so much to get out of this that we have to make sure we humble ourselves when we come to it. Well, it is it going mm-hmm. to a part, and I'm going to let Bowen and Anthony take a crack at this in a little bit. But um, like verse 1, and I remember telling Bowen that, I said, look, I started studying this. If you look at this verse one, there's a whole sermon. I told my dad that yep. the other day. I said, yep. if you get, if you read Romans one one and understand that the when he was talking about in the Greek, do, I think it's doulos. Du- when he was talking about, he du- said, du- "I'm a sir." I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it so I don't misquote it. How he say? He said, "Paul, a servant," and that word "service" in Greek is doulos, which means a bond slave or a slave. He said, "I'm a slave to Christ." Mm. That. That's what, I know we're going to get into deep in that when we get to chapter one, but just that one scripture, mm-hmm. yep. that one scripture, yep. you can do an hour to two hour sermon on that one scripture, how we are believers of Christ. And we are basically, we're, volu- we're volunteer slaves to Christ and we're the, we, we come to him and we serve him fully. So whatever he wants, right. remember Paul said that uh, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle who called him. God, he said, I'm separated unto the gospel of God. Amen. That's a whole sermon in right Amen. there. If you're a believer, Amen. you're called, but you're just not called. You're a servant. The Lord tells you to do it. You have to do it. That's why the Lord mm-hmm. chastises us so mm-hmm. much because we don't do it. Look, Jonah, mm-hmm. you preached on Jonah the other yep. night, and look, yep. Jonah ran away, and guess what? He got swallowed up by a fish. <laughs> so, you know, if it was a Cajun in there, they would have they cut some of that made a, uh, a fish could be on there. I'm just, that's beside the point. But... <laughs> But you get, <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, we had to throw that in. I'm sorry. Y'all never let me forget. I'm pastoring in Cajun. <laughs> <laughs> but but going to that point, we though, survive. remember we're we're servants of the King. We're servants yeah. of Jesus. No. We're slaves <laughs> to the King. And we're if we're called to be whatever we are, pastors, teachers, youth ministers, whatever. God has called us to do that, and we need to do it. We, we're servants to the king. And like I said, that's a whole hour in itself. We could talk about that one verse. of ch- That's the first verse. 
That's the first verse. Now, and we didn't get to Romans 8, verse 1 through 5, which says, you know, um, there is therefore now no combination for those who have in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life. Christ Jesus from the, we didn't get into all that. That's a lot of meat, but that one verse, and that's why Romans, it, if you really dive into, go by verse by verse, it's a lot of meat in all these verses that has a lot of meanings into it. Man, I, I didn't study it like I should have. I, I do. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with y'all guys. I, I love the book of Romans. It is a book that I'm studying a lot, you know, going through it. But the book of Romans is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a book that, you know, like you said, Pastor Brandon, that's a book that has so much in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel the way you feel about it. It's for, you know, it's for, I think, a more mature Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, because once you understand the book of Romans, you understand a lot of the New Testament, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they say the book of Romans is like the road map to salvation, mm-hmm. which it is. Because mm-hmm. if you read 6 and 7, mm-hmm. uh, 5 and 8, you know, a lot of those, just those chapters alone mm-hmm. tell you how you get saved. The uh, yeah. book of Romans speaks yeah. about justification. Yeah. It speaks about sanctification. It speaks about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it speaks about a lot of different topics, mm-hmm. you know, and there's so much in that book mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah, and it's not just learning it; it's to apply it to your life Amen. and to live it. You know that—that's what it's there for—is to live it. Amen. Right. Yeah. And uh, the thing I like about the—I was reading the Brother Swagger's commentary uh, the other day, and he was saying that it's like God gave the covenant, the old covenant, to Moses. God gave the new covenant to uh, you know Apostle Paul. So uh, it's amazing how God used him. I mean, like I said, God used the others. Don't get me wrong, but God. So there's something about Paul. If you look, Paul, this there was something God had connection with Paul, and it's just amazing how God this gives all this to Paul and even Peter and and but Daniel. I mean, I'm sorry, but Brandon knows what I'm talking about. Stuff. How even Peter and them was like, how where do you get all this knowledge? Where you you know God this something. God had a good relationship with Paul. It's God, funny how though you know, Boogie's bringing that up. Yeah, about um, Paul was like the Moses of the New Testament, brother mm-hmm. Brandon. You just said something that made a lot of sense. You know, used for the law, for example. He said that uh, was it William Tyndale that said about mm-hmm. how it took from Old Testament as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul talked about the law, seven, yeah. six, seven, and eight. You notice a lot of people knew that what the law was, but Paul, through his teachings that he had through uh, Gamaliel, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it is? Mm-hmm. Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Yeah, when yeah. Gamaliel taught him, could you imagine when he got saved and the Lord started revealing all this to him and he yeah. finally understood yeah. what the law was for? Yeah. But you got to realize when he was Saul, mm-hmm. he had as a religion, oh, I have to do this to be saved, but he re- wait, yeah. that's why God applied the law. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's what a lot was Romans yep. six, seven, and eight is talking yep. about. Yep. Is does the law and it, it, yep. when Boogie mentioned that, it, thought about it, all his Jewish teaching. Because you got to realize Paul was very knowledgeable in the mm-hmm. in uh, the five first five books of the Bible, he, the Torah, yeah. all the he knew he was a the lot. Educated of, one, yeah. Really. yeah. He was very educated. Yeah, yeah, and and like you say, uh, he he says in Philippians that concerning the law, he was blameless, right? Mm-hmm. In his own perception. I am a Jew who is keeping the law. But he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that when Moses was on the mountain with God, that the glory of God was so strong on him that his face was shining mm-hmm. with the glory of God. And when he came down, it scared the people. Yeah, the and book. so Moses put a veil over yep. his face. Nope. But then as he had the veil over his face, progressively 
the glory that was on his face began to fade. And, but Paul kept the veil on his face because he didn't want the people to see that the glory was fading, right? This, this uh, glory on his face, his face shining, was to them a sign or a significance of this man is met with God, and so we need to listen to him. But Paul points out that that glory was fading, that that light was fading. Mm-hmm. And so he says that even till this day there is a veil over the eyes of people who read the law without understanding who Jesus Christ is and how mm-hmm. Jesus came, came to satisfy the law, to fulfill the law, to perfectly obey the law on our behalf, and then to make a new covenant. And so he says, only in the Lord is the veil taken away. Wow. And so you can imagine this man that read the law his whole life, and he's like, I'm blameless concerning the law. I'm perfect concerning mm-hmm. the law. I'm doing everything the law tells me to do. And then he realizes through a revelation of Jesus Christ that he's the chiefest of sinners, right? <laughs> wow. So he went from the, the most righteous under the law to being the chiefest of sinners before Christ and realize the law condemns me, mm-hmm. right? And I'm a murderer because I've murdered Christians and there is no sacrifice prescribed under the law of Moses for murder, right? There's there's sacrifices wow. for all kinds of other sins under the law of Moses right. and there is no, no. sacrifice for murder. There's no sacrifice to offer. So uh, most scholars will say, or at least some scholars will say, if you read Psalm 51, when David says that uh, that sacrifices you have not desired, uh, that that they say it could actually be translated as, as you haven't required a sacrifice in the sense that I'm coming to you broken in repentance, needing forgiveness, and I need a forgiveness that's beyond the law covenant of Moses because under the law covenant of Moses, there is no sacrifice for my sin. And so David was living under grace, under the old covenant. The fact that he wasn't killed for his sin was David living under grace, right? So this is, you look at David and you say, what a revelation of Christ right. this man had. He had such prophetic promises of the coming of Christ that one who is his descendant would sit on his throne and that his throne would never end, and so he would be an eternal king, uh, that, that he prophesied that my, that this body which will die will not see corruption. And Peter points out in the book of Acts, does he speak of himself? We have his tomb. So he's not speaking about himself, but his offspring, the coming Messiah. So he was believing this coming Messiah must be able to give me grace that is outside of the covenant that I'm currently living under. And so I'm able to receive grace from a covenant that ain't even happened yet. And so Paul is saying, I've had a revelation. I'm the chiefest of sinners, and I need the grace of Christ. And so like when we say this revelation of grace that Paul received to be a a uh, revealer of the covenant of grace, the way that Moses was a revealer of the covenant of law, was not because Paul was so great or so worthy or so spiritual that he was able to give the revelation of grace. It was because he was so needy for grace right. that God could make him a faithful steward of grace, right? right? So that God could trust him with that revelation, right? And then he, Paul even says that a thorn was given me in my side 
to humble me, to keep mm. me from getting lifted up in pride because of the many revelations. Wow. And so he has a personal revelation of his own weakness that makes him desperate for grace. Therefore, he's able to see grace in a way that he desperately needs, and then he can convey that grace to us who also desperately need that grace. Yeah. And that, mm. on that, to that part, even that about the law, he said in uh, Romans 7, 7 verse 7, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So in, in that part, like you said, he was showing grace because he realized, I know sin by the law. Yep. And that's what the law was for. A lot of people don't realize. I know we get into later into the book, but law was there to show us what sin was and that oh, we could yep, not, man, oh, man. we could not uh, fulfill the law there was only one man that fulfilled the law that was christ and that was christ right and he he was he was fully god and fully man that's the only reason he could do it because he was fully god yeah uh pastor brandon i need to ask you a question i'm uh, i mean i i I question a lot of things when i when i read the bible luke wrote the book of romans no paul did I thought you said Luke. No, Paul did. Paul, Paul, Paul wrote uh, the book of Romans. Paul, it was around, it was either AD 57 or AD 58. 50, 50, 50, some say 56 to 57, yeah. or early oh, 58. Okay. Right. He, yeah. um, and I had that down in my notes. I'm sorry to cut you off. I know you asked you the question. But I was, yeah. yeah, go ahead. But uh, go ahead and you can finish. Uh, no, that's good. I know. Y'all answered my question. That, that was the that. question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Paul, Paul wrote it in, uh, like I said, either. I read one commentary. I thought it was no, oh, no, it's possible. Oh, okay. Luke wrote the book right. of Acts. Wrote yeah, he, wrote, he wrote the gospel of Luke in the book yeah, of Acts. And right. he was Paul's traveling right. companion. All right, right. all right. Was all right. he, a, and I ask you a question, was he a, a Grecian? Was he a Greek? Luke. Luke? Oh, man, it depends on who you ask. So yeah. a, a, lot, a lot of people would say that, that yeah. well, Luke is a Greek name. But yeah. a lot of people would say that, that you know, the same way that Paul is uh, uh, the Greek version of the Hebrew name Saul. And so some would say that he wasn't really a Greek, but that he went by a Greek name. So Mm. it it depends on who you ask, but we don't have real clarity on that. Okay. He's never pointed out as being a Gentile the way that rest of Paul's companions were. So Mm, uh, I believe it was Titus who was uh, a Gentile. Uh, Timothy Timothy uh, Timothy was half half, uh, Jewish and half uh, Gentile. And so it's pointed out many times that when they were in the presence of Jews... Uh, that uh, that that was sometimes an issue, and that's never pointed out when uh, it's mentioned that Luke was with Paul, that uh, that he was a Gentile, and that was an issue. So most assume that he was okay. a a Jew who was very familiar with Greek culture, right? Uh, so okay. me me being a North Carolina redneck, <laughs> uh, uh, being a transplant in Louisiana, being very well comfortable with uh, with Louisiana culture. I love a Ed Two Face and Boudin, and every time I see a cute oh, little rough. baby, I go all shack. <laughs> right? so, we have rubbed up on yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> the spirit went into you. <laughs> but on, back onto the Book of Romans, though, Pastor Brandon, bringing up Luke and the Riders, we we. We already established we didn't have to say that Paul was the writer of it. But um and I remember coming up to you when I started studying, I thought the book of Romans was written in Romans and there's probably a lot of believers they see Romans on it, they think, Well, he wrote it in Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh is that a true statement or is that No, it's it's believed that he wrote the letter from Corinth to Rome. So uh-huh. he was writing to the Roman believers and he and he's saying, if you read the, the rest of the letter 
that he wants to come to them. And he says in Romans chapter mm. 1, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome, uh, that I might impart to you some spiritual gift. I want to I impart spiritual right. things to you. So he's not in Rome, and it's, it's believed that he had never been to Rome yet, but that he was really looking forward to having an influence there. So he wasn't a missionary apostle who planted the church in Rome, uh, that Christians had been there for a very long time before this point, but he was writing to uh, show them the gospel uh, worked out in in more detail, in a more how, full gospel. How did the Roman church start? I mean, the, the Christian church in Rome if, start? If you read one commentary, somebody says that uh, that it was possible that there were Christians in Rome the autumn after the crucifixion because oh, okay. uh, because they said that's one of the few places uh, I think it may be the only place that's mentioned in the uh, Acts 2 account of Peter's sermon uh, that all the people that were there from other places for yeah. uh, the day of Pentecost uh, that one of the places they were from was from Rome uh, okay. and so it's believed that that at least by the next year that people who heard that okay. message, maybe not Christians, it's not said that people from Rome were part of the 3,000, right. but they were part of those who were there. Right. So it was at least known in Rome uh, that there was someone in Jerusalem who was claimed to be the Messiah, and there were people who believed on his name and were preaching that he was crucified and raised from the dead. Uh, and so there, it depends on who, who you're reading after. You right. don't have a real solid answer. Right. Um, but it's assumed that uh, that it just sort of happened organically because, what's the old saying, all, all roads lead to Rome. Right. So Christians spread everywhere, uh, and there was, by, uh, uh, by 40-something A.D., um, one of the uh, Caesars had run all of the Jews out of Jerusalem because they were afraid of political uprising, uh, and then uh, it's assumed that possibly that's when Paul met... Um, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, uh, and then it says right after that, uh, the, the the Caesar died, and there was a large influx of Jews coming back in. So it's assumed that at least a portion of that uh, was uh, converts to Christianity. So right. at the very least, probably by early early to mid forties A.D., which would have been you know ten years before the letter to the Romans was written, that there was probably a decent-sized Roman, uh, a, a decent-sized Christian population there. But it's assumed that probably before then, uh, there was a good amount of Christians in Rome. Well, there's also another theory, not not for that point for Christians, but the Rome, Caesar knew about Christ because they said there's a letter that after Jesus uh, was crucified and all these accounts happened that Pilate, sent a letter to Caesar talking about this man that was uh, great. He died, and they'd say he rose again, and that Caesar said, well, look, let's make him a god because he did all these great things. Mm-hmm. So Rome did have a, at least the high authorities had yeah. some form uh, that there was a man on earth that did all these great miracles, and yeah. they made him a god. Even in the Roman gods today, they have him listed as one of their gods. Yeah. Well, uh, and the thing is, too, the reason why they believe they had a big Christian population in Rome, because when Nero, they believe that's one of the reasons why yep. Nero burnt the city of Rome, because they yeah. believe that Christianity was really getting mm-hmm. big, and yeah. he was trying to stop it. So, yeah. 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 
I want to put that in there too. Yeah. So that's what that I was a few years after yeah. the letter to the Romans, mm-hmm. but not long enough for the population to grow that much. That's right. So it, right. it's assumed that that it, that that large population was already there. Right. Right. That's exactly. So not not to be a big percentage of the Roman population, but it was good. But there was so many people in Rome; it didn't have to be a big percentage <laughs> to be a lot of people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, back so, then, yeah, they had a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. So so I got a question, Pastor Brandon, on doing my research. Yeah, and you mentioned a few of them. You mentioned at least three. The theme of, you know, we talked about it, it was ABC, Roman Road, it's big theology. If you had to break these down into the whole theme of the book of Romans, it could be one, five. Uh, I read a, I read a, a note uh, on the Internet, and they say when Paul, Paul's theme to the Romans was the gospel, God's plan for salvation and righteousness for mankind, that's just three of their Themes? Do you could you put a number on how many themes that Paul goes into? The, I know we're going to mm-hmm. study a lot yeah. of them as yeah. we go along through the book. But as mm-hmm. for this, I know that I think it was Boone that mentioned their sanctification, justification. Me and Boogie was talking about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the, the law, the no, righteousness. Right. There, there's so much. Like we said, there's so much meat. Could you put into a round yeah. number of how many? Yeah themes that Paul go into with this right here. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it really is incredible because even in some chapters, there are multiple themes, right? So, like, you get to Romans 8, and it's sort of summarizing everything. And so right. you've got uh, justification mingled with sanctification mingled with the life in the Spirit mingled with the new creation mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit groaning in us, yearning for the new creation, and, oh. and none of the suffering of the world able to separate us from Christ. So uh, it, one thing that I think is really helpful, the uh, I preach out of the ESV, and the, the ESV study Bible has uh, incredible amounts of very helpful information. One of the things that uh, it has as key themes to the book. So um, they they actually have 11 key themes. Wow. So uh, the, the first one is all people are sinners, therefore all, without exception, need to be saved from their sin. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Mosaic law, though good and holy, cannot counteract the power of sin. Number three, through the righteousness of God, sin is judged and salvation is provided. Number four, with the coming of Jesus Christ, the former age of redemptive history, being the law, has passed away, and the new age of redemption history has begun. Five, the atoning death of Jesus Christ is central to God's plan of salvation. Number six, justification, which is God giving his righteousness Mm -hmm. to us, us Mm -hmm. becoming righteous by an act of grace, justification is by faith, alone. Number seven, there is a certain, a sure hope of future glory for those who are in Christ Jesus. Number eight, those who have died with Christ and who enjoy the work of the Holy Spirit are enabled to live a new life. Number nine, God is sovereign in salvation. He works all things according to his plan. So God is is the provider of salvation. He's the one that draws us to salvation. He's the one that gives salvation. God is over it all. Number 10, God fulfills his saving promises to both Jews and Gentiles. And number 11, the grace of the gospel calls Christians to personal holiness, mutual service, good citizenship, and wholehearted neighbor love 
in Christ. So all of that can be broken down into two categories, um, mainly that uh, God saves, right? And then uh, that if God has saved, then we need to live that out, yeah. right? Wow. Uh, so that those all of that uh, uh, justification, so. sanctification, uh, adoption as sons, union with Christ, all of that falls under uh, God saving, and then uh, loving your neighbor, uh, not making your brother stumble, forgiving, um. being subject to powers, principalities, and authorities that are on earth that God okay. has ordained. All of that falls under living out the gospel. The Bible says we're caught your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. So would that fit in there too? Uh, with with uh, the idea of like yeah, living right. out. And yeah. that, that is the point when you say work out your own salvation. Right. Right. The verse before that says... It is God who works in you. in you. So it is God. God is the one who works in, in you, you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Right. Therefore, work out your own oh. salvation with right. fear and trembling. Right. So God is the initiator. God is the leader. God is the one that provokes right. and enables me to live a holy life. And he deposits salvation within me, justification, forgiveness, uh, sanctification, holiness, union with Christ, a, a new nature that hates sin and wants to please right. God. Yeah. Therefore, I have a responsibility to respond to that, to that and go, I will forgive. I will have oh, faith. Right. I will believe. I will repent. And so God is working in me, so I need to be working out. Right. So and that, yeah. that, that would explain, or if I'm wrong, Romans 8, when he says, there's therefore now no combination for those in Christ Jesus. Because verse 7, he was talking about law and how he, mm-hmm. we lived on the law, and yeah. the law isn't sin. And when he goes ahead, he says, for those that walk after the spirit, but the those that walk after the flesh. Is that yeah. what he's calling? I look, if you don't, like you said, work your own salvation, if you don't live, if you don't follow Jesus and let Him take over, and let the Spirit of God over you, you're going to be living in the flesh, and you're going to mind the things of the flesh. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, the the and boy, we getting deep here. Trying, <laughs> trying to, like, last few minutes, yeah, uh, seven yeah. and eight. Woo! Uh, jumping deep in the pool. Um, so seven deals with Paul struggling, and this is a particular interpretation, but I believe that it's it's the most consistent with the content. Uh, is that that Paul is is struggling to live as a new covenant believer, still thinking that he has to keep the law and the law persuading him that you will never be able to save yourself, and it makes him desperate for God to yeah. save him. And Romans eight one is God is the comfort that that in that process, while believers are trying to learn how to walk after the Spirit how to let God work in them to be holy and righteous and free from the power of sin, that there that there's no condemnation for them, right? So when I first got saved, man, I, some sins fell off immediately. They were gone. I have never struggled with them since. And other things just seemed like yeah. it wouldn't go away. Like that dog you fed once, and it just wants to live on your right. porch, yeah. right? right? And it just would not go away, and I felt like mm. I was struggling. And then so I go, man, I know that I'm saved, but then I'm doing this. And, and that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus right. is that comfort that this is no excuse for sin, but it's saying you're saved by grace. Mm-hmm. So you can trust the Holy Spirit to work this out in your life as you learn to repent right. and walk after the Spirit. And that, yes, that difference is 
walking after the flesh, walking after your own mind, whether it be religious flesh, trying to be righteous and religious and doing those things, that's religious flesh. It's just flesh. And then there's walking after the flesh of of loving sin and excusing your behavior and doing what you want. Both of those are walking after the flesh. Right. But walking after the Spirit is responding to that new nature that is in you. And when the Holy Ghost convicts you and deals with you and empowers you to live holy and to provoke the life of Christ in you to be stirred up, that you respond to that by faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross. Amen. Any other questions, fellas? So that would have been sanctification, right? Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay. Figured yeah. it out. So Paul says in Ephesians that he's writing to the saints. Right. And so they mm-hmm. are saints. Yeah, they're they, saints. They are. You they're are a saint. Ain't. You ain't a sinner no more. You might no. sin. Right. You might have moments where you mess up, but you are or a, a saint. saint. That's right. But then he says we are called to be saints. Yeah. That's right. So right. you are a saint, a holy one. And you're right. still working But at you it. need to be a yes. holy one. You <laughs> right. need to live that out. Live that. That's who you are, he, he but you to, need to do that. Bowen, you, you work at the gas station, right? You can't say, yeah. I am the guy who works there and then right. never show up. Never show right? up. That's, That's right. who I am. Yeah. I'm hired. I'm right. on. But I need right. to be doing it's what I got to do. Exactly. my job. Exactly. Well, we're going to go ahead and end it there, fellas. Uh, great, great stuff tonight. We we went all over, <laughs> but uh, next time when we get together, we're going to go ahead and dive into Chapter 1. Podcast audience, go ahead, read Chapter 1, study Chapter 1. If you have any questions, you can message us on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we can go ahead and get them on the air, try to answer them the best way we know how. And uh, Pastor Brandon, we want to thank you, yeah, and we hope to see coming. you again next oh, time when we me. dive into this. It's Great subject, great subject. The book, the whole book of Romans is a great subject, guys. Yes, it it's just a whole great subject. So, all right, guys, just to remind you, if you have not yet, please hit that subscribe button. Or if you're listening on a platform that you got to follow, please hit that follow button. I uh, was helping my mom out the other night with Spotify, and I realized it didn't say subscribe. It said follow. So either follow, subscribe, like, whatever you want to do, go ahead. Whatever platform you're listening on. Um also, like again, if you have any questions, message us on Facebook. We'll try to get those questions onto the air. Um, again, Pastor Brandon, thank you. Bowen, Anthony, thank you all again for coming. If you want to listen to Pastor Brandon's messages, go check out the church podcast, New Beginning Fellowship Church, BB. And his uh, sermons on there, all one by the one, a teaching Galatians, great stuff. We're encouraged by it, and we hope you are as well. Guys, until next time. Y'all have a good night. God bless wherever you are. And we're praying you keep us in your prayers.